0: on today's show
1: within the church we try to to make people a safe place Mm. so we never bring up the political questions so between ukrainians and Belarusians, we we try to keep this you know uh jesus is the king of our church not zelensky or lukashenko Mm. or whatever yeah so jesus has to be a king and he said that all tribes all nations all languages
0: stay tuned And welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Communications and Media with ABWE, joined here in the studio today at the ABWE headquarters by some very important guests that we'll be introducing in just a moment. I'm also joined, as always, by Scott Dunford, who's pastor of Redeemer Church in Fremont, California, and a veteran missionary himself. And Scott, we are in the throes of the holiday season at the time of this recording, and I trust that you are doing well, enjoying God's bounty, packing on the pounds, doing whatever you guys do there on the West Coast this time of year. Yeah, I mean, I want to put on weight for the winter, but
2: uh, I'm living in a place where it doesn't get that cold, so I'm just putting on weight.
0: Maybe there's some bad times coming, I don't know, but I, I'm <laughs> storing up for the seven years of famine. There's no advantage to packing on the weight. It's just no. fat. Yes, that's right. No, no insulation needed over there. No. You're breaking my heart, Alex. That's okay. (laughs) Well, I can't see you, but part of the magic of podcasting is we can pretend that we can see each other right now. But uh, enough about that. We are here to talk about missions, of course, and if you've been blessed by the show, and if you end up being blessed by this episode, you can share the show and leave a positive rating and review. And so we ask that you reserve your judgment until the end, though, because we haven't gotten into much content yet, but I'm excited to dive in here uh, because we've got another veteran missionary here in our midst, as well as another veteran person serving in ministry, and we'll give you guys a little bit fuller of an introduction. Why don't I have you guys just introduce yourselves in a sentence or two. uh, Ron and Maxime, tell us uh, and our audience who you are, what you're doing in ministry, where you live in the world.
3: Okay, well, I'm Ron Davis, and I am the ABWE Team Poland Team Leader. Okay. And I live in Gdansk, Poland. Right now. All right. And so that's where I'm serving at. And you've been
0: serving, uh, originally started serving with ABWE in 99?
3: Actually, I started, I went through their new missionary orientation in 96. And then we actually made it to the field and served on the field of Slovakia, my family and I, from 99 until 2005. All right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's good to have you here, Ron. Thank you. And Maxim. And I'm going to butcher your surname, so I'll just not even attempt it. You can share your full name and how the Lord's using you in Poland.
1: Okay. Uh, Hello, everybody. My name is Maxim Slezin. Uh, I'm from Ukraine. Right now I'm pastoring a church in Gdansk, Poland. And we are serving today uh, together with Mr. Davis. I'm very blessed by his help. So I'm from the first refugees. So we moved to Poland in 2014. We're from Donbass originally, from small coal mine city called Perwomysk, uh, where we had some tough times. But then we came to Poland and started to serve everybody we can. And through that, God did many good, good things.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good.
2: So for our listeners who maybe don't know all the all the geography of Europe. Poland is a border country of Ukraine, but Gdansk is not a border city in Ukraine. So, Maxim, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started as a Ukrainian yourself ministering in Poland, but also, you know, how did you end up in Gdansk?
1: I repented when I was 15. And since there, I wanted to serve God full-time possible. Mm. So God allowed me to go to a biblical institute for two years of residential studies. Then I studied four years in Kiev Theological Seminary on residential studies. And I thought there that I'm doing this Mm. for myself. But it turned out that God has a big plan. Because in 2014, when the war started, uh, we came to Poland and got started using my education and my experience in ministry in planting a Russian speaking church for all post Soviet. Um, residents like Ukrainians, Belarusians, Russians, Moldovians and and other people. Mm. Uh, So we came to Poland because in our city, the separatist uh, movement uh, grew rapidly and they gained power. And of course, at that time, we have many, you know, radical orthodox came to our area. And so, what they were saying is like Baptists and all evangelical are American spies. Mm. So they burned out our church. church this building. might
0: be this might even be a new concept to some of our American listeners that they're radical Orthodox, that they're. Uh, you know, they're, they're Eastern yeah. Orthodox in name only, and they're persecuting Protestants yeah. and Evangelicals. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: it's not like regular Orthodox people, but, but very radical. And they did a kind of big pressure and pers- persecution to us. We mm. one time would uh, need to take our pastor during the night and take him out of the city because they were going to kill him mm. uh, and his family. Wow. Yeah. So I took my family, uh, my wife and five months' daughter, and we moved to Poland. Uh, we end up in refugee camps. With many different nationalities, uh, not always civilized, so mm. it was a tough time. But Polish believers, they took us from refugee camp, so we didn't we didn't choose a place where we can go. Mm. So God brought us to Dansk, and we end up there uh, July first in two thousand fourteen. So s- since that time, I, I'm there serving God. So
2: I just I want to highlight something you said there because I think we get an, a mindset that. You know, if you're looking at a map of Poland, Gdańsk is about as far away from Ukraine as you can get in Poland. Is that right?
1: It's, it's, it's very north. Yeah. It's very right. north on the Baltic yeah. Sea. Yeah.
2: Right. And so, but people think, oh, the the refugees only come to like the border places. But once you get into a country, you get put where they put you. Right. Uh, you don't get to choose necessarily where you go. And I think that's important when people think about because we. Think about refugee ministry. A lot of times we only think of the border cities, but the reality is people are moving throughout these countries. Mm-hmm. It's
1: the whole the whole country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, when I was going to Poland, it was very small refugee movement at the time. But for many people, war started in February. But it, the truth is that war started in 2014. This is right. only another episode of this war. Yeah. So we had refugee uh, coming... All the time, all these years. So all these years we we are serving refugees, being refugees. (laughs) Yeah. Mm.
0: Now, how did your paths cross? That's the other piece here. Because one of the things that I love about the way that ABWE missionaries serve is that they recognize they don't have to be the Western superhero. They can work with and through national partners that are doing the work very effectively. You've been there since 2014. You just got back to the field in 2021 is when you.
3: No, in May of 2022.
0: May of this year. So very recently. Yeah. So this, yeah. Yeah, so this is a pretty recent connection. So, how did that come about?
1: Uh, shall we tell them the, the whole story of, of praying? I, I guess we can do the abbreviated one yeah. of the, so the okay. exciting then, podcast it, version. It, it wow. is. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's okay. really amazing. You can only hear it here. How, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Baptist, so know these charismatic things. <laughs> yeah. I, yes.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, but um, I had a kind of um, uh, clear vision that, I would like to have mission American missionary family in our church. And so I started to pray mm. about this. And it was for three years, I believe. So, I was so you're praying,
0: praying to receive an American missionary yeah, to work yeah, alongside yeah. of you. Yeah,
1: but long-term missionary, right. not the guest missionary, but yes. long-term missionary. Yeah. And so I was praying hard for three years, I believe. And I was also going to any American that I can find and mm-hmm. ask, if he would join our church or maybe he would know somebody who could join our church Mm -hmm. and it was very long time and nothing Mm -hmm. like we don't know anybody no we don't come and like nothing and after another rejection i felt like empty and so i stopped praying Mm -hmm. so i i kind of not like radically stopped but it was it faded out kind of so in 6 months after that on some pastoral meeting in Warsaw when i was uh so there a person who came to me and asked me um, are you still looking for american missionary so I was cut with this question because I stopped, you know. I said, well, you know, it's I stopped, but if you know somebody, we can, like, re, <laughs> restart this thing. He said, maybe I will know some somebody. And this, the very same evening, we had a Zoom meeting with Mr. Davis. Mm-hmm. So, and this, from this, we started to pray, started to have conversations, uh, and uh, he he finally come there in May, but it was planned long before. So, it, it mm-hmm. was not connected with this episode so of So, the,
3: the neat thing about it is, is that we found out that we were just comparing timelines. Yeah. So, my wife and I began praying about returning to overseas ministry, and it was just, when we compared the timeline it was right about the same time that wow. Maxim started praying wow. and praying for someone to come to him. And then my wife um, was diagnosed with cancer. So that put that on kind of a hold. And then towards the end, end of uh, the time before she went to be with the Lord, um, we were still talking about, mm-hmm. you know, returning and we knew that she wasn't going to be able to, but we were praying together about what would God wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So we figured out that was the second time that he started praying was right about that same time, wow,, mm. and so, after my wife passed, um I was talking with our executive director, Jeff Demmerly, and just speaking with him about missions and things, and he just kind of offhandedly mentioned Poland, and I hadn't even been thinking of Poland. I hadn't even really thought about it. I thought I was going to probably return to Slovakia again. Mm-hmm. And so I began praying. And as that worked through, I was like, yeah, i you know, well, let's do Poland. So, I mean, I just felt like God was really impressed on my mm. heart about Poland. And not after I came here at the new missionary orientation, they wrote up in the Message Magazine, yeah. you know, the article about me. And that's when this gentleman that we both know, who had been connected with ABWE, but was no longer part of ABWE, he just wrote me an email out of the blue. I got this. Email from this guy, and he says, "Hey, I know mm. somebody in Poland who's mm. looking to to partner with someone. Would you be interested?" Yeah, and that was literally. I was like, "Yeah, let's." Yeah, I'm interested. And he goes, "Hey, let's set up a Zoom meeting." And literally, that was that same day, mm. and that was the very day that we did a Zoom together. Wow. And God mm. just put all that together through all these different prayers.
0: And what an incredible confirmation for you, going back to the field <clears throat> after suffering the loss of your wife. That you're being prayed for, that God had yeah. ordained that I mean, ministry for you.
3: Yeah, and and what was interesting was is that we were we were literally driving in, down the road in in his van, and we were talking about you know the prayer and all that. And I said, well, what, when when did you start praying? And then I matched it up with the time that my wife and I started praying. And then the second time that he started praying, we matched. I matched it up with the time that I was like, now oh God, where do you want me to go, and what do you want me to do? So, I mean, God just really revealed himself in just a tremendous way.
0: Now, let me ask you know. a quick question and then, okay. Scott, I'll let you cut in. But why begin praying for an American worker to come alongside okay. of you? What uh, was that? What two was reasons. The itch to scratch there.
1: I had two reasons. Uh, you will understand first, but probably won't understand second. But anyway, I will tell them.
0: I uh, might not understand <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Uh, first reason is American missionaries are self supportive. So we didn't have any budget to afford having missionary. Yeah. So we need somebody who could help uh, himself in 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 life and expenses. So this is f- simple reason, but a uh, more complicated reason is Ukrainians and most Slavic they are they are chaos. So we are not strategic planning. We are not systematic. We are just you know doing improvising and sometimes our missionary and church work looks like this. So I wanted to have somebody, you know, established, very, you know, time managementing, something Western-minded person Mm. who could come and make our church to be balanced, to be planning, you know, strategic and like covering all needed areas to function as a good uh, developing church. So that was the biggest reason why I Mm. was looking for, American missionary, okay. and of course the uh, experience in ministry is tremendous in America. Yeah, so
2: so even just this morning, I mean, it's on the news all the time. But just this morning, just watching the news about what's going on in Ukraine, I'm sure it's super heavy on your heart, and you're thinking about it all the time. Seeing you know the infrastructure being bombed out, and the winter coming on, and the crisis that's going on and continuing to unfold in Ukraine. Just tell us a little bit from your perspective, what is the current situation? What are you seeing? What are you hearing from friends and family back there? And then how is that affecting your ministry in Poland, which has a large number of Ukrainians in your ministry?
1: It is the biggest part probably of it. Mm. Because people that we are having in Poland right now are not people who would willingly come to Poland to start new life there. These are people who ought to go there. I was telling Mr. Davis uh, this morning that we have a uh, our family chat, like the bigger family, about 70 people. We have um, some, you know, sharing pictures and telling the news about the family. So and majority of them, they live in Ukraine right now. And so uh, it is a time when they share, oh, today we've got electricity. We're still not having gas and, and water, but mm-hmm. we at least have electricity. It's good, you know. And this is reality that I, I don't experience in Poland because in Poland we have everything. Yeah, but I, I can't even imagine how they live there. And so my my heart is broken. So one of the things that I'm I'm looking for right now is is to help with food and with supplies to Ukraine. So maybe buying a a panel and to to go like regularly to to the border to to share them because many people there do they are doing this now, but it's not enough. Like mm-hmm. the whole country of forty million people right now is collapsing. And most of, like most of my friends and, and most of my family are there right now. Yeah, this is this is heartbreaking, I, I can tell you. But we are trying to do our best, so we are trying to serve them also with our finances, with our hearts, with our, our receiving. So we kind of right now doing like both directions. So we serve refugees in Poland, mm-hmm. and we're trying to to do at least something. To Ukraine, yeah. Maxim.
0: What's the temperature of the churches in Poland? Uh, there's, there's, is there some mixture of ethnicities and nationalities there? You have Ukrainian speakers and Russian speakers. Mm. Is there unity in the church? That's maybe question number one. And number two, are there groups? You mentioned Russians are not welcome. Ru- Russians are looked down upon by the the, the nationals. There is that my understanding.
1: Yeah, okay, it's complicated question for somebody who doesn't know the context, but I will briefly explain. So, in Poland we have 38 million Poles. We have about 5 more millions of Ukrainians, but it's difficult to count. It, it, it's moving mass. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We also have about I would say 200 000 to 300,000 Belarusians and we barely have Russians right now because in general Russians are hated there uh, for what they did both by poles and Ukrainians mm. yeah so uh, and for example we had a, a church attendant young girl she never said anything about Putin or or the country she was nice and sweet girl but when they started two or three days after the war started she ought to leave the country because uh, like everybody looked at her like, to Putin or or whatever.
2: Mm. Within the church or outside the church? Outside
1: outside the Mm. church. No, no. Within the church, we try to to make people a safe place. Mm. So we never bring up the political questions. So Mm. between Ukrainians and Belarusians, we we try to keep this, you know, uh, Jesus is the king of our church, Mm. Mm. not Zelensky or Lukashenko or whatever. Yeah, so Jesus has to be a king. And he said that all tribes, all nations all languages yeah Mm -hmm. so this is but it's it's not easy because you know you have plenty of people who have losses for example uh, one of the uncles of my wife he died so we it it, it's not easy
2: that's hard and it's hard for us to imagine it but i i've seen it even here you know we're, we're working with afghan refugees as many of our listeners know and uh you know in, in Afghanistan there's a huge differences between you know what if you're Hazara if you're a Tajik origin or or if you're Pashtun but what I, what I keep hearing within the Christian community, which is very small, that that once they come in the church doors, there's no distinction between people, and they're just brothers in Christ. And I think that's really important, and I, I love to hear that. Even though we understand it's a challenge, you know, we 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 are affected by our politics, we're affected by you know our ethnicities, but our most mm-hmm. our strongest bond, our first bond, has to be in Christ. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more, Ron. I'd love to hear. I've heard some of what you're doing with refugees and um, some of the little taglines you're using for even describing that. So tell us a little bit about your strategy for reaching refugees. And I'd love, you know, even just wondering what you think that churches here that are trying to minister to refugees, like mine, can learn from that.
3: Well, one of the things that we we just started. We've we've been doing it in a different in different ways of providing material aid. To refugees and putting together just kind of like gift bags with food and things like that. And one of the things we did this past week, and I think it was, was fairly successful mm-hmm. is, is um, we've got a new space that we call the office and um, it's just a place that our church is now renting. And we're, we're going to use that sort of like as a center of mm-hmm. a, a contact point to bring uh, people in. And what we've done is, is we had several meetings where people would come in and they would be introduced to the church. And we we did that. Maxim would basically start out and he introduced them to the church and, and the different ministries. And then we had another brother from the church. His name is Yuri. And he gave a personal testimony. And then I was able to give, uh, Maxim helped me with translation. And he was I was able to give basically the five solas of the, of the church, you know, mm. The Sola Scriptura and that that kind of idea, and give them a basic uh, idea of where we are as as Baptists, as believers. Because Poland our,
0: is predominantly Catholic.
3: Yes, as, as Catholic, and so um, we gave them we gave them that those kinds of bones to work with. And in, in doing that, we did an, a uh, a basic gospel presentation through that, and then an invitation to come to the church. So I think one of the things that I've have seen and have been seeing on a regular basis is, is that there are people who want to help and that's a great thing, but so many times it's sort of like a fly in, fly out kind of help. And it's not this, you don't have this one grounding point that you can work through and, and have a consistent help and a consistent spiritual input. And that's the one thing that I'm seeing with our church that I'm Mm -hmm. just really excited about is, is that this is that one contact point. This is that one place that we're able to, to reach out to the refugees, but also bring them to a place where, uh, as Maxim tells them, he says, I've, I've um, been here a long time and helped a lot of people with a lot of different things. And so he's kind of like a Lincoln lawyer. You know, <laughs> he sort of knows a lot of different things about a lot of the different processes, and he's there to help people. And so that's a really exciting thing that I'm seeing, that, is, that as far as churches here is just to make sure that when you're doing your help, that you have a really good, solid, steady, consistent contact point that's going to be there mm. and that you're actually investing your time, your money, your effort into that because that's the only way that this is going to actually be a long-term help. Yeah, it's great right now, especially for you know food and things like that, but right. the long-term help really needs to be done through a, a solid contact right. point. So that's the one big thing. Maintain consistent contact.
0: This don't is, don't this content is our, yourself with the one-off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: this is our goal because, you know, if you're just playing Red Cross, like this yeah. type of help, it's good, but it won't do any change one year after. So what we are doing, we are trying to build churches. We are trying to plant new churches that will last with people yeah. uh, for a longer yeah. time. Yeah. And, of course, the situation is dramatically changes. For example, like... First week of this war, uh, I took my car and I went to the border because the need was to, to bring people from the border to the nearest train station or to the nearest church for help. Yeah, uh, But then it turned out that the next uh, step... They need it is to help them to get a social security number that they could get medical support, that they could get financial support from government. And what is interesting, sometimes people who are not connected to a local church, they do dramatic mistakes. So I, mm-hmm. I saw people who three months after this episode of war started, they came with big vans to drive people from the border. And situations changed that nobody was on the border anymore. So they, they had another type of problem. So mm-hmm. this is why we are trying to to keep up with current and real people's needs, but not just plain help or, or whatever. Mm. So and what what right now we need we need more missionaries who could come and help establish yes. churches because mm-hmm. we really need churches in in Poland. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we are as a, we as a, as a church have two new spots. Where we're going to plan churches, and I, I, I believe that God will allow us mm. to do this. Yeah, the one great thing about it is, is that this is a ministry that's
3: extremely dynamic. I mean, it really it changes from week to week, mm. month to month. It's just very dynamic, and you know, sometimes ministry is a long plot, plotting kind of process, and I understand that, and that's okay. I yeah. mean, you know, there's nothing that denigrates that, but this is this is very dynamic right now, and this is one of the things. That there's so much work, so much happening, so much to do, mm. and so much opportunity that the only thing that we're limited by is, is there just isn't enough hours in the day mm. and enough energy that we can do it. So we need physical help, people to actually be be partnering with us, to actually come uh, in. And not enough I mean, leaders. We, yeah, we like, don't have...
1: Just to give you an example <clears> of <throat> uh, what Poland is, like. we have more than 40 million people in Poland. And Baptist Union is only five fifty five hundred members, mm. like the whole Baptist Union, and we have only Not one pastors, Baptist Union. but members, hey, members, everything, yeah. members, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we don't have well. that number of leaders who could who could help. So our percentage of evangelical Christianity in Poland lower than in some Muslim countries.
0: Yeah, and that's important for people to hear because that's a point that I wanted to make before we locked off yeah. is that we emphasize so much the need to reach unreached people groups. We talk about that often on this show. And that's good, but the actual percentage of evangelicals is going to be below that 2% threshold that's so important to many of us as yes. we talk about unreached people Pol- groups. Poland
1: is an unreached people group. Yeah, in okay. a certain sense. Yeah, Yeah, in a certain yeah. sense. You certain count sense. everybody, like uh, Adventists, Pentecostal, Charismatic Baptists, I don't uh, know, any any evangelicals it will be below the fifty thousand people mm-hmm. on the whole country
0: and we're responsible to go where the harvest is yeah so reaching the unreached is planting seeds where there's nothing growing yet and that's good but there's also a responsibility to pluck the fruit that's ripe and ready for the harvest yeah i mean many times that happens in places that are quote-unquote, reached as far as how missiologists characterize, yes. categorize them. And
1: if somebody right now hears us who are thinking about international ministry, I will tell you that Poland is the most blessed uh, place in the whole Europe right now. Mm. Uh, so join Team why, Poland. Why is that? Why is that? Because it's the most dynamic Christian shift right now. Mm. Because, uh, you know, if God takes so many millions of Ukrainians and put them mostly in Poland, he's planning something. Mm. So if you are going to be part of something big, I I suggest you to just come and see Mm. first. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's difficult to tell me, you know, the taste of a tea through the phone. You need to, you need to taste it, you Mm -hmm. know? So, and it's difficult to to explain what is happening in Poland right now. You You need to go and see, but God, does tremendous things right now there, mm. and and I I invite everybody adequate adequate people mm. to join us. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Ma- Maxime and Ron, I'm assuming that your church there is is a smaller church. Is that is that a fair
0: guess?
3: Smaller by whose standards? I guess is okay. what. it depends yeah. on how different. we're looking at about. We there's about 200 people that attend.
0: That's a mega church by Scott's Yeah, that's theater. Theater. huge. In, in California yeah. stand.
1: Yeah. We have sixty something members, but mm-hmm. our Sunday service attends up to two hundred people right now. Okay. okay, so that's a really
3: yeah. interesting dynamic. Is, is that there are sixty members, so they're right. kind of the the core, the core. group people, yeah. and they're the people that maybe they have come at a different time, maybe previous to the war or different things like that, mm-hmm. and they they they're the ones that have more stable jobs and things like that. So you got about sixty people that are actually carrying the load for the the overall 200. And so that's a really interesting dynamic.
2: And that's kind of where I was going with my question is, you know, you have these opportunities for ministry and you have a small group of people trying to carry out those ministries. You know, how has your church family responded to this? Is it put a strain or has it en- enabled people for ministry how, how has it affected the other ministries of the church because sometimes even here we're talking about ministries we want to do and and we're you know we have about the same membership as you do. We have about 80 attenders or so, but 50 to 60 members and and sometimes we think about the ministries we need to be doing and it just feels like it's a strain so so how has it affected the other ministry of the church? How has the the refugee ministry affected uh, what kind of effect has that had on the rest of the ministries of the church?
1: I think that there is something wrong with the question. Okay, almost all Ukrainians uh, and Belarusians we have in the church—they are refugees to some extent. So even the church members. So we don't we don't divide people on refugees and mm-hmm. non refugees I'm also refugee, even though I'm pastor mm-hmm. in this church. So it's kind of it's just us, mm-hmm. and we yeah. serve to our people. And so. I think
0: what Scott's feeling too is that sometimes, and, and we're in a church that's a similar dynamic to what Scott's describing. Uh, is you you have your core group, right? Mm -hmm. And they have their ministries and they're meeting each other's needs. And then you get this whole wave of other individuals. So that's not quite what's happening here. Uh, But I think that is something that we're looking at as we challenge our churches here stateside and in other fields, wherever you're listening from in the world, that we have our own people and we have to be encouraging them and and letting Uh, them know they're a part of the mission too, and not just the leadership of the church, that they can't be too mm-hmm. comfortable. They have to be ready to meet those needs as others come into the okay, church as well. if
1: I if I get what you said, uh, we almost have no indifferent people. So mm. any Ukrainian or Belarusian who sees what is happening, we are try to involve as best as we can mm. in as many things as we can. Yeah, that's that's one of the things hmm.
3: about the church that I really that I, I appreciated when I got there was is, is one of the things Maxim told me first. He says. He says we don't like fat in the church. He says we like muscle. So he says you can't just mm. sit. And so as soon as somebody comes and they get involved with the church, they're actually drawn into ministry. Mm. They're actually drawn into the life of the church. Yeah. And and which is just an exciting kind of a thing, mm. dynamic. So in a way that's kind of how that has affected the church. Yeah. It actually has driven some some ministries and helped things
2: So, yeah, I'm understanding a little bit better your context. Uh, You know, here I've seen, you know, with since we've been, you know, small church trying to do meet needs that are bigger than our capacity. I've just been consistently surprised how God raises up new people who have never really done ministry before. And they find, hey, I'm I'm the one that can. To, can drive people around and help them get into their lines for appointments and get them set up. And, you know, more, more and more people get equipped for ministry. And so you think sometimes, hey, we're a small church. We can't really do that much. And yet sometimes as ministry opportunities come, people who are on the fringes who weren't really that involved before suddenly find, hey, this is the way that God can use me. So that's kind of what I was thinking and wondering about. But it sounds like your situation's
0: very unique there. Mm. Mm. Well, that's a good reminder for all of us, especially through the holiday season, you know, adding a few pounds, fattening up a little bit, as Scott has, that we don't want to fatten up spiritually or physically too much. We want to muscle up you know, bulk mm-hmm. up, right? Maybe that's our New Year's resolution a little bit is to have no <laughs> apathetic people at any of our churches. Nobody that's It's okay for me to say it, Alex. I really don't like it when I hear you say it, though. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there on video in front of thousands of people, so we'll we'll let them be the judge. But, uh, Maxim, how can people <laughs> get hard. in touch with you? And then, Ron, what can people do if they want to engage particularly with, with this ministry project, too? Okay.
1: They can find me on Facebook. They can... I can give my contacts. You can put it in your video. Uh, I'm free to contact. Uh, Very good. Yeah, we'll include
0: uh, a link in the show notes.
1: Yeah, but what I would ask you to just uh, join somehow Team Poland or financially or in, or directly going to Poland uh, for a missionary, thinking about this, because the need is, is huge, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. huge. And the the effort is priceable, payable? Like, Affordable? What, no, I mean, whatever you put in, you will yeah, get... Yeah, you're going to return, on, return investment. on investment. Yeah. 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 Huge, huge yeah. return. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Well, one of the ways that they could get involved is, is we have the uh, Poland Team uh, Special Projects yeah. Fund that we've just set up, and that is so that we can just begin to funnel some things into that, that again, that single point area of ministry that we can can go and use it for these particular ministries and and as as maxim says we've we're looking at some new church plants. we actually have one uh building in the city of Techev and um that's being we're doing some renovation work it's an it's an old apartment actually we're doing some renovation work on that and planning on starting that church actually beginning surfaces here um in in the near near future well, but so a very uh, possible way is is that people could be you know, could give to that fund, to the the special projects fund. And then also, as Maxim says, just we desperately need people. And, and again, there's so much that can be done. It is such a dynamic field and there's so many things that are happening. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna ease into into something when you come there. It is jump in and hang on. Yeah, and that's yeah. it's that's what's exciting about that it. That is so.
0: exciting. And how would they get to that special project account?
3: You can go to the ABWE the the website and and there's the links there to take. Okay, take so you, so you there. can
0: search for Poland
3: Poland team special project
0: Poland team special Projects. Very yeah. good. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate well, thank your you. ministry, your service for the Lord. Keep uh, keep up at it. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed this special episode of the missions podcast, doing things a little bit differently than normal. Uh, but having some good frontline stories of ministry. So encourage you to take a next step. But if this show has been a blessing to you, you can go to missionspodcast.com slash support in order to join the support team for the show. And we appreciate your support greatly. That helps us get this content in front of other people that can be blessed by it, that can be mobilized. Of course, the best way uh, to show your support for the show is to leave a positive rating and a review in your podcast platform of choice. And of course, the Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE. To learn more about ABWE, go to AB.com we.org until our next episode I'm Alex Kokman and thank you for watching